Welcome to the Dulas Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Well, I'm excited to be here this morning, uh, and we are in part two of our Reset series. And last week, Matt Cameron opened up our series talking about reset. We have to change. We have to change our perspective and our priorities and our plans. And we got to focus and refocus back on God. But Matt said something that just stuck out to me last week. Do you know what it is? He started talking about the Nintendo NES. And I heard him and I was like, bro, like memory lane. Now I'm not that old. I didn't really play on the Nintendo NES. You know, me and my wife bought one and like remade them a couple years ago. But when I was a kid, that wasn't my game, man. Like that, that wasn't it. Do you want to know what my game was? It was PlayStation. And the game that I love to play so much and I beat it over and over and over and over again was Crash Bandicoot. I don't know if you've ever played this game. It is like the coolest game. I love it. I'm not a gamer by any means these days. My like latest game console is an Xbox 360. So you know I don't play video games whatsoever. But back in the day, my parents bought me and my sister the PlayStation. The minute it came out and we got Crash Bandicoot. And I don't know if you've ever played this game. I don't even know what this dude is. He's someone figure out what Crash Bandicoot is. But he was so fun. Because you just had to go through these levels, and it was like this cool version of Mario, and this cool just, it was just awesome. Because you have this little, what is he? Like, a, he's not a hedgehog, that's Sonic. He's a, is he really a bandicoot? Is that, is that why it's called Crash Bandicoot? <laughs> nice. Well, it was so much fun because you just, you just have this guy, he's running, and then he just eats the apples, and he spins like, and then he like just pushes people, then you jump on TNT boxes, and you got to bounce, you got to do all these cool things, you got to hop over all these different levels. I mean, it was the coolest game ever. And I remember spending so many hours, me and my sister, just trying to beat it over and over again. We would beat one game, then we'd immediately go get the next game, and just for years, all we played was Crash Bandicoot. But you know, when it comes to a game like Crash Bandicoot, and back in the day, the PlayStation didn't have like built-in memory, you had memory cards. Whoa, you've never heard of a memory card before. I'm just kidding. But they had memory cards. But the amazing part about the memory card was this. When we got to that final level, and we only had one life left, and we failed, and we died, you know what the genius Brian Morozik would do? I would go over, I wouldn't touch a button, I would unplug it. I'd wait five seconds. I'd plug it back in. And the minute it loaded, all my lives were back. Because I never hit save. That was the trick. You never hit save after you lose. So you just unplug it. It's like a reset, hard reset. You plug it back in and all the lives are restored. And so I would spend hours and days and I'd get really upset. I'm telling you, I had anger issues growing up. So my parents used to buy me a new controller probably once a month. I'm just like, are you kidding me, Crash? You could have beat this guy. But I remember just going over and over and over again, but that was the thing that I remember the most, is that every time we lost in that final level against the boss, we would just walk over, Kelly, you hit the wrong button. Are you kidding me? You hit the wrong button again, and we would unplug it, wait a couple seconds, plug it back in, and all the lives are restored. And you see, that's kind of how games happen, right? That, that, that's what games are all about, that you have this X number of lives that you have, and you use them to go through the levels and accomplish the goal and play the game how it's intended to be played. But when you stop playing the game, how is it intended to be played, you hit the wrong button, you fall in the wrong hole, you do the wrong thing, and you lose a life. Then you lose another life. 
in another life, right? And then eventually you're at the bottom. You're going, man, I'm all out of lives. I don't know what to do. So I need that hard reset. But you see, really, that's not just in Nintendo NES, like Matt mentioned last week, or in the famous Crash Bandicoot that me and my sister used to play on the PlayStation. That's kind of our story, isn't it? That God created us to live in this perfection, live in this freedom, and we didn't just hit the wrong buttons, we did the wrong thing. And even though we had eternal life, a eternity with the Father in the garden, we did the one thing he told us not to do. And our life count went from eternal to one. And in that moment, we figured out, okay, we need to reset our thinking here. Maybe living a life how we want to isn't what God intended for us to do. Maybe playing this game called life isn't much of a game. It's life and death. In the freedom we once knew, in the garden, in perfection, in freedom, all ended the minute we took that bite out of that apple saying, you know what, I'm going to play this how I want to play it. I'm going to go my own way. I want to figure out my own path. But that was never the way God intended for us to live life. And so what happens? What do we need? You see, ever since sin came into the world, we have been bonded. We become slaves to sin, slaves to death. And this morning, we're talking about freedom. We need to reset. We need to rethink. We need to renew. We need to refresh. We need to get back to life that is only found in Jesus Christ. We need to get back to freedom that's only found in Jesus Christ. And even though the sin that entered the world back in Genesis 3 so many years ago is still the same sin today. It's the same sin that bonds us and enslaves us. The one thing we need the most is only in Jesus. And that's freedom. And I don't know about you, but I long for freedom. You see, over this past year, we've all understood what freedom actually looks like, right? That we went from doing our own thing, going to wherever we want to go, eating wherever we want to eat, go to as many movies as we want to, go do this and that and the other, and then the pandemic hit, and it's like, oh, I can't just go to that restaurant? I can't just go to this place? I can't just do what I want? And now we realize, okay, you know what? I really liked the freedom that I had. And if we even got to experience the freedom that was in that garden. The freedom that Adam and Eve experienced, walking with the Father day in and day out in the coolness of the day, we would long for that too. We would long to be restored. We would long for all this crazy mess in this world to be reset and bring us back to life and freedom that is found in him. But the beauty is, Life and freedom can still be experienced today for each and every one of us, and it's only through Jesus Christ. This morning, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. In this week, as we go through this series, we're giving you memory verses. I know that might sound silly. I know that might sound a little too young, or maybe you were back in the old school church, Awanas, right? I mean, I remember memorizing scripture in my Sparks class and getting a, getting a Starburst. And I was like, man, I got it this week. Come on, let's go. But here's the deal. It's more than just getting a piece of candy when you're a kid. It's more than just knowing it and forgetting it. It's knowing it and living it. 
And that is our goal this year, that we will be transformed, we will be changed, that through this series we will be reset and we'll get back to the basics of knowing God's word and living God's word together as brothers and sisters in Christ. So this morning our verse is Romans chapter 8 verse 1. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I want you to say, no condemnation. Say it. One more time, no condemnation. Now for us, we don't speak like this, right? Ah, oh man, no condemnation, we good. No, that doesn't make any sense, right? But this, the terminology goes all the way back to the courts, to the judges, and when you're looking at this, it's the verdict, it's the sentence, it's the penalty. And now we're understanding what all it is. Maybe, maybe you watch the shows, right? The law and order and all this stuff. I'm, probably your parents watch these things. But you've heard this terminology. There's the sentence, there's the conviction, there's the penalty. We get it. But it says, now in Christ, there is no condemnation. See, really, the original word condemnation is the exact same word that stands for damnation. That you are judged. You are sentenced. There is no good in this whatsoever. But in Christ, is there condemnation? No. There's no condemnation. Now, maybe I'm not doing a good job of explaining it, so I want you to turn to John chapter 8. And for me, when I look at things in Scripture that I might not understand, i got to look somewhere else that shows me maybe even a story. And that's what this is, John chapter 8, a story about Jesus. And in Jesus, there is no condemnation. John chapter 8, starting in verse 1, it says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? They're coming to Jesus saying, Hey, so what's your opinion? And you see who's bringing this woman, the scribes and the Pharisees, the same people that were trying to find any way to put Jesus under condemnation. Just say, no, this guy isn't who he says he is. There's no way he's the Messiah. There's no way he's the son because, listen, he denounced everything that the father already talked about. So they bring this woman before him, trying to trip Jesus up. What is he going to say? Hopefully he says something that's not right, something that's not biblical, something that the father would never say. And then we could get him, and then we could put him into the penalty and, and give him the sentence, and we could convict him that he's no longer the Messiah. So what's your opinion? Now I want you to realize something. Jesus did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. That's important to know as we go further. So what's your opinion, Jesus, Messiah, Rabbi? This they said to him, that they might have done some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. See, Jesus knew exactly what the scribes and the Pharisees were trying to do. They were trying to see if he would denounce the Ten Commandments, the old law. But remember, Jesus did not come to abolish the law, but to what? 
fulfill the law. So he sees them bring those women before him. So what's your opinion, Jesus? What do you think we should do? And we're not too sure what he writes on the ground. But we are sure what he says. Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. See, under the old law, this is what would happen. This would be the penalty for going against one of the commandments. The seventh command, do not commit adultery. But the beauty is that on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is sitting before the people. He says, you've heard it was sad, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, even if you look at someone lustfully and sin with them in your heart, you have committed adultery. He upped the stakes. And the Pharisees and the scribes are hoping that Jesus is going to undercut it. Well, it's okay, forgiveness, grace, because that's what they're hearing, and that's what they don't understand, and that's what doesn't make sense to them. So they're going, there's no way this guy is going to say what he needs to say. So he gets down as they're going, so what's your opinion? What's your opinion? Should we, should we stone her? He writes on the ground, he stands up. Let the one who is without sin cast the first stone. You think anyone started picking up rocks then? Probably not. Listen, what happens next? John 8, verse 8. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, which, which is kind of a weird statement, right? He's writing on the ground. It would be so they saw it. But something happened. Whether it was them hearing the, the emotions from the people at the front line, seeing what he was around, like, ooh, you got me. That's cold. Or just the emotion of him writing down. They're like, you know what? It's not worth it. Or just the, the, the thought of, man, what is he writing down? Some people think that Jesus, which would be crazy cool, it'd be intense. It'd be pretty savage. But some people think that he was writing down their sins. Could you imagine that? All these Pharisees and scribes bringing the woman before them. We saw her. She committed the adultery. What are you going to do about it? He just gets down and he starts writing your sin. Yes, she committed adultery, but I know you. I know what you've been doing. You see, it continues that he's riding on the ground, and when they heard it, they went away one by one. They realized, you know what? That first statement. Let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And whatever he was writing down on the ground, they're realizing my sin is no different than hers. So one by one, they begin to leave, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has anyone condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go from now on, sin no more. What an amazing story. Could you imagine that? Your enemies, the people that don't like you whatsoever, grab you by the arm, bring you before the judge. Listen, he's done this, 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 and this. And the judge goes, okay. Here's what you've done. And as you're standing there thinking, okay, well, I already know what the law used to say. And if I am convicted, my sentence is death. If I am convicted, yes, I am guilty. That I will be stoned. 
She's standing there knowing that. And you can imagine she just has her eyes closed like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. Listening to the noise of one by one people leaving. And then Jesus and her at the very end. Woman, where are they? Has anyone condemned you? No, no, no one's condemned you. I don't know what happened, Jesus, but they're, but they're all gone. So neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And I think there's two things I see in this story when it comes to condemnation. Here's the first one. Jesus gives us freedom from death. You see, the penalty in the sentence, if she was convicted, which she was guilty, the penalty in the sentence is death. But Jesus gives us freedom from death. Now, this morning, that seems abstract because none of us are facing death right now. But let me tell you this. He gives you freedom from your pornography. He gives you freedom from your addictions. He gives you freedom from your gossip. He gives you freedom. You can fill in the blank. Whatever is leading to death, fill it in for yourself this morning. Jesus can give me freedom from this. Whatever it is for you. Because whatever sin you and I have committed, it ultimately leads to death. Do you understand that this morning? All of our sins are just like the woman. Just like it. And all of our sins lead to death. The penalty is death. But what, just, what we see Jesus do for the woman is that he brings her from death. Here's the second thing, from death to life, freedom to life. You see what he says at the very end, is anyone here, has anyone condemned you? No, no one has condemned me. Neither do I condemn you. Go from now on, sin no more. Go live. Change your ways, change your mindset, change who you are and what they have called you. I just tell you this morning, you can live. You have life. And Jesus is saying this morning, no one has condemned you. And neither do I. So go and live. Go and sin no more. What a powerful thing Jesus says to that woman. And you see our verse, Romans 8.1. Listen to what it says one more time. Now knowing the actual action, the story, the scene behind what Jesus does for this woman, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's not a single charge anybody can bring against you that will lead to your judgment. But there's one thing that has to be done in order for that to be the case. You have to be in Jesus. He gives you freedom from death, freedom to life, but freedom is only in Jesus Christ. It's only in Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And you see this morning, here's the deal. You are guilty. You're a felon. You're a prisoner. And your charges, 
you're an adulterer. You're filled with lust, whether you've acted upon it physically or only mentally. You're an idolater that you keep putting things before God, and that is the very first commandment. Do not put other gods before me. You're guilty. You're a thief. You're a sinner. You are guilty. And the sentence is death. The penalty is death. But wait, just like the woman, imagine you're in a courtroom, you're before a judge, all the charges are brought against you, all of your sins, your entire rap sheet of everything you've ever done, how you've sinned against the Father in heaven. You're guilty, you're convicted, you're sentenced, here's the penalty, but then Jesus stands up. I'll take it. Wait, what? This isn't, this isn't your battle. You're not guilty. They are. No, I'll take it. You see, this is what he did for you and me. He went before the Father and said, I will become sin. I will take their sin upon my shoulders. 2 Corinthians 5.21 he became sin who knew no sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. What a beautiful sight. What a beautiful thing that we were guilty, we were sentenced, we had the penalty of death already. But Jesus says, I'll take their place. I'll take it all. You see, Jesus has given every single person in this room freedom from death to life, but only in Christ. And that's the most important part this morning. In Christ. What does it mean to be in Jesus? It means that I will profess and proclaim with my heart and my soul and my mouth that he is my Lord and Savior then I am a sinner, I am lost in my ways. With Jesus, I can be found once again. That I know sin has entangled me and enslaved me and has kept me bondage, but I am seeking freedom and I know my freedom is only in Jesus. You see, to be in Jesus is the only way to experience freedom. And my prayer this morning is, if you haven't experienced that freedom yet, if you haven't experienced true life yet, that today before you leave this room, you will put your faith in the one who gives life and who has given us freedom once again because he restored us back to the Father. And one day we will be reset back into the perfection and the freedom that we once experienced as humanity in that garden. And all of that, is only possible with Jesus. So this morning, I'm gonna ask you, do you believe it? Do you believe that you can find freedom and life in Jesus Christ? Do you believe it? Come on, come on, someone tell me. Do you believe it? Do you believe that Jesus gives you freedom, yes? Do you believe that Jesus offers you life, yes? 
Do you believe that only Jesus can do those things? Yes. Then look at this statement. That I have freedom from death to life in Jesus. Say from death to life in Jesus. Again, from death to life in Jesus. Again, from death to life in Jesus. Only in Jesus. And my prayer this morning is that you will be found in him and you will find that freedom. Let's pray. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and tag us at Do Lost Youth. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you soon.